0: James chapter 5, uh, we, we're, we'll continue with the, the thought of people of prayer and the, the people of the Bible, how they prayed, and, and certainly how we can take and uh, imitate what they did and pray in our prayer life. And we certainly need some prayer warriors in the time which we live in today. We're, we're living in a world that is hostile towards uh, our faith, towards uh, Christ, towards the church. And some people... Uh, we need some people that will stand up and pray to a living God tonight. And we need some people like that. So tonight I want to talk, look at a, uh, the prayer life of Elijah. In James chapter 5, verse number 16, it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one to another that you may be healed. And th- this is one, a, a very important statement in the Bible, one of the most important statements in the Bible. It says, uh, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much and we know that elijah was a righteous man elijah was a man subject like passions as we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of 3 years and 6 months and he prayed again and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight. Lord, we just ask you to open hearts and minds. Help us to be what we need to be in the time that we live in, Father. Touch those who need to be lifted up, Lord. Encourage those that is uh, discouraged, Lord. Just uh, be with us, God. Let's help us be what we need to be. And Father, we just praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Like I said, uh, uh, one of the the... Important statements that could be made in the Bible is that effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man, a of money. Elijah uh, was a man like you and I. He was not a super Christian. He was not something that was better than us. He was just like you and I. Uh, he loved God, and we see that Elijah had bold faith, and he, was, he had fervent faith, and he prayed. Uh, Inman Bound uh, said this about the sermons of a preacher. Uh, the sermons that a preacher preaches are often made in the prayer closet. And I, I can testify to that. That's where a lot of the prayer, pre- sermons come is when they're in the prayer closet. But what I say today, could I say this today, that uh, not only the sermons are made in the prayer closet, but also the preaching preachers are made in the ser- uh, prayer closet. And uh, it's also our faith is made in that prayer closet. And it's also the ministry of the church that is made in that prayer closet. It is the power of God that we experience in our lives in that prayer closet. I believe that all of you would agree with me that the prayer is the most effective tool in our weaponry that we have to fight against against the devil uh, with our faith. Uh, And so many times we neglect our prayer life. We neglect it. We neglect that powerful tool that we have in our life. We neglect that. Prayer for so many of us has become a labor. It's become a labor. It, it, It can be hard work. If we were to be honest tonight with each other, many of us simply don't like to pray. We simply just don't like to pray. Many of us pray out of habit, we pray out, of, pray out of obligations. We pray because we feel that, that that is something that we need to do, that we ought to do as believers. We pray sometimes and really don't get anywhere when we pray. And for so many, it is a prayer that has become obsolete and almost nonexistent in a lot of Christians', people's, Christians life today. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever went to sleep but really not sleep? You ever lay down in bed and, and fell asleep but uh, just really did not sleep? Now, this past week, that has been my sleep life. I, I laid down and at that moment where I felt like uh, I, I, wa- I was going to go to sleep, I, I felt like that uh, I'm getting ready to go to sleep and I, I'm about ready to slip off and let la-la land and then something will pop into my mind and next thing I know, I'm thinking about that and uh, the next thing I know, I see the clock hour after hour after hour I see that it's something on my mind. And prayer life, for a lot of us is the same way. We, we get to the point that we almost can get there, but something will distract us and pull us away from that prayer closet. We don't really get over in our prayer life because something is pulling us away. Let me ask you this. How many of you want to pray like Elijah prayed? That kind of prayer that Elijah can pray. How many would you like to say, in my prayer life I experienced that effectual prayer, that fervent prayer, that kind of prayer that uh, availeth much, it said, that touches the throne of God. Uh, The truth is we'll never move heaven or earth with our prayers, if our prayers don't move us. It it will never get a hold of God if our prayers don't move us. That's not the case for Elijah. That is not how Elijah prayed. That's not the testimony of ministry of Elijah. Elijah had zeal in his prayer. He had passion in his prayer. He had burdens in his prayer there was fire in the prayer of Elijah. God moved heaven and earth. God answered His prayers, because when Elijah prayed, all of Elijah was in his prayer, and all the prayers was in Elijah. So much that James wanted to give us a great example about the effectual fervent prayer. He goes to Elijah, he goes to Elijah, the prophet James said, let me give you an example of this man of God and how he prayed and when he prayed, the rains of heaven stopped for a space of three and a half years and when he prayed again, the flood of, from heaven opened up. That's the kind of prayer life I, I like to have in my life. There are many things that, we cannot do in this hour there's many things that we cannot go there there's a lot of things that we restricted uh, uh, even at churches nowadays Uh, churches are closing and uh, stores are closing you can't go here you can't go there but as a christian every single one of us can pray we can pray And I believe God in the time that we're living in, I believe God is calling every one of us to get down on our knees and start earnestly seeking God and praying to God and God will hear from heaven. Amen. That's the kind of prayer life I want. I want the same kind of prayer life that Elijah had. The Bible said if my people are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways. I love that part. And turn from the wicked ways. He said, then you shall hear from heaven. What a great thought. How many of you believe that we can hear from heaven again in the day that we're living in today? If we just pray. Pray. Well, how do I get that kind of prayer life that Elijah had? I I, I want that kind of prayer life. I want that effectual, fervent prayer. I want to pray that when I pray, heaven opens up. I want to pray with that type of power and fire in my life that God hears my prayers. Elijah shows us what you need to do, and I need to do in our prayer life. First of all, Elijah had purity in his prayer. Elijah had purity in his prayers. Uh, Look at verse number 16. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And this is the key to this kind of prayer life. This this kind of praying uh, is done by a righteous man. Now you have to ha- uh, you can you, you can have a man that is effectual in prayer, and you can have a woman that is fervent in prayer. But the key to it all is being righteous. Uh, you might not available much uh, at being effectual. You might not available uh, much being a fervent. But if you have that righteous part in your life. And too many Christians today are missing that key ingredient in their prayer life. They're missing the righteous part of it. It's the state of the heart, the condition of the soul. That's why he said, You've got to be a righteous man to pray this way. The psalmist said, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that have clean hands and a pure heart. I, I, want to get, I want you to get this. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Bible says he does not hear our prayers. And if that's the case, we would, we would be, serve our life well to check out our heart and see what condition our heart is in and get it right in order for God to hear the prayers. Because he said he does not hear the prayers if you got iniquity in your heart. He will not hear your prayers. You ever prayed sometimes it seems like it just goes to the ceiling and falls right back down on top of your head? It seems like you, you struggle with the prayer life. It seems like it, it, it's almost being made, force you to pray. And God is trying to tell you something. And Isaiah told the nation of Israel, God told him to, the nation Israel I says I, I, I see your obligation I see your sacrifices I, I see the incense at the altar I, I see you praying I see your feast uh, I, I, I see what you're doing but I hide my eyes from you uh, yea when you make prayers I will not hear them why did God tell them you don't, don't make feasts don't make sacrifice don't pray because they had iniquity in their hearts and God would not hear them. if we got iniquity in in our heart in some fashion or some way, God is not going to hear your prayer. How can I pray with the fire of Elijah when I got things in my heart that should not be there? It takes righteousness in our life. Before Elijah went to the mountain to pray for the fire of God to come down from heaven, he went back and repaired that which was broken, that was the altar. Maybe some of us need to get back in our homes and repair the altars in our homes because certainly we don't come to the altar at church. Maybe there's some things that we need to do in our lives that God can get a hold of us. Before we ask God to move heaven and earth, we first must ask God to do something in our hearts. Ask God if there's anything wicked in my heart Get it right. Could it be that the church has no power with God because the church is not right with God? Maybe we need repentance instead of revival. We can't point fingers, we can't point at you, and it's not me, but we need to get along with God and ask God, if there's something in my heart, it needs to get out, you need to show me that and remove it out of my life. If there's any unrighteous in my life, get it out. That's what I' said, the story of that book, My heart, Christ's home." And what Munger does, he compares our heart to our house. He compares it. And he goes in there like he goes in a room. He says, the first room they go into is a library. A library is where you get all your information, where you get all your knowledge is at. And he says, I want you to have the knowledge and everything, but when you get to the library, are you putting the right things in your mind that God is acceptable of? If, you, if your library in your house is where you're getting your knowledge and your information, is, would it be pleasing to God what you're getting in your house? And he said he went into the kitchen part of the house where you get your food, your nourishment, what you're putting in your body, what you're taking in. Is God pleased or you embarrass what you take in? And he said, he goes to the living room. It goes into the living room. And he said, this, he tells, the Lord tells him this is a nice place. It's a comfortable place. He's got a comfortable chair and a comfortable sofa. He said, why don't we meet down here every day where we can read and we can study together? Why don't we do that? He said, I, I think it'll be nice. Then he said, took him out to the workshop and said, that's where we do our gifts and our talents and and that's where we do all that stuff. And and then God says, I give you your talents and I see you working, but uh, uh, there's something else. He says, I I smell something that doesn't smell right. And he says, he goes upstairs and there's this one room that the door is shut and he opens it up and he says, there's a foul odor there. It's almost as something is dead in this room. And God said, I'm not pleased with that room. And, And Munger says, I get upset and I get mad at God. He says, that's my room. You've got every other room. That's my room. I'll do what I want to in that room. He said, then God said, I have to leave. I have to leave. I can't stay here. He he said, if you want me around you, you need to get into that prayer closet that something smell and get a hold of me and get it out. Maybe it's God's trying to get us back down on our knees or get us back to our prayer closets because maybe there's something that's dead in our prayer life and in our prayer closet that God is trying to tell you, you need to get it out of your life. Elijah had purity in his prayer life. Elijah had passion in his prayers. It's just not the prayer of a righteous man, but, a, but he prays effectual and fervently there's power. It, it speaks of it's the power of God that gives the, the issues of life and death. It, it, it's, it's the life of the church that he's talking about. Prayer must be a living in us. Can I say this? There are many t- <laughs> I know in this time of the- the year it is there are many times that we get so excited and energized when amazon delivers a package to our front door don't we but we don't find the same energy or uh, 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 enthusiasm when it comes to prayer do we it's almost like you've got to make me get to that prayer. Or you got to force me to get there. You've got to do something, God, to make me. He had passion in his prayer, and I believe we lost the passion for prayer in our life today. God said, It's the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man that baileth much. I wonder do we really get excited about praying? Do we really understand what is going on when we pray? Do you understand that when we pray, we're in into the glories of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Do you understand that the greatest privilege that a child of God has is to know with confidence that when you go to the throne of grace and talk with one that has saved our souls from the devil's hell, we ought to get excited about that, knowing that when we pray, we're talking to God, the creative universe. It ought to excite you. It ought to get you excited about that. Prayer ought to excite us, but so many times we get through the motions. So how do we pray with passion like Elijah prayed? First of all, we have to learn to pray in the spirit. And the reason so many of us miss out getting the kind of life, prayer life that Elijah has, because we're trying to do in the flesh what you can only do in the spirit. You're saved by the Spirit of God. You're worshiping the Spirit of God. And everything that we do in the ministry must be done in the Spirit and not the flesh. God is the Spirit, the Bible tells us. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth, the Bible tells us. Now, he, and he, when He says that, He's not talking about the big capital S Spirit of Him, but He's talking about the little S Spirit the one that's in you and I there's nothing in the flesh that wants to pray. Can I tell you that? There, there's nothing in your flesh that wants to pray. There is nothing in your flesh that wants to come to church. There's nothing in your flesh that wants to serve God. So, why is we must be quickened in the Spirit, the Spirit of God, in order we to pray, in order to worship, and others come to church? That we must be quickened by the Spirit of God to get as excited and passionate to come to church and pray. It gives you that desire. To pray like that. God is calling the church to pray. But if we're going to pray with passion and pray not only in the Spirit, but can I say also in the Scriptures? Many times I've gone to pray and I don't know what to pray. I open up the Word of God and I get into the Word of God. And I come to something and say, God, I don't know what that means. Show me. God, I know what that means, but can you show me how to apply it to my life? God, I know how to apply it to my life, but sometimes I just don't want to apply it to my life. Would you help me? When you start praying in the Spirit and in the Scriptures of God, God will start moving in your life and God will start doing some things in your life and then the Spirit of God, it can dwell in you ritually. and I, 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 I'm telling you, I will be affected in your life because you're praying in the Spirit and praying in the Scriptures. It will affect your joy. It affects your life. It affects your prayer life. It will affect everything around you when you start praying with a passion. God, help us to pray with fire again. God, help us to pray that we can be a witness for you. We'll never pray with fire of God to come in our lives with a dusty Bible sitting on your table. It'll never happen. We'll never pray like that with our prayer closet cluttered up with all the things of this world instead of the things of God. May God help us to pray with the passion and the spirit and the passion of the scriptures to move on us. Jesus said when you pray, pray this way. Pray in my name. If If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. If we, if we really can get what that means to pray in the name of Jesus... It will put option in our hearts so much so that when we want to pray more and more and more, I know that when I pray, I'm talking about the creator of the heavens and the earth. I'm talking about the one who saved my soul from the devil's hell. It'll give me umption and desire to go to the phone room and pray and pray and just pray and i start having passion about my prayer life because I know who I'm talking to. And the reason why he says pray in my name because I'm weak. I'm hopeless. I don't know what to say. I I can't do this. I, I can come in the name of Jesus and everything that he has done and everything that he is, he's made me. I'm not praying in my name. I'm not praying in the church name. I'm not praying in the Baptist name. I'm not praying in the religious name. I'm praying in Jesus name. And I'm praying with the passion of God to put me on fire again for that prayer life. He had purity in his prayer. He had passion in his prayer. Elijah was also persistent. In his prayer. Elijah was a like man. Subject to like passions that we are. And he prayed earnestly. That it might not rain. And it, and it rained not on the earth. By the space of three years and six months. Underline this. And he prayed again. Elijah was a man of prayer. Not because he prayed once. But he kept praying. If we're going to have this kind of life. A prayer life that Elijah had. You're going to have to pray more than one time. We got to stop having this one and done type thing. If you're going to have the kind of prayer life to move heaven and earth, then we cannot be not willing to just pray one time and stop. We have to get to the prayer and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. We have to be persistent in our prayer life. Let me ask you this. I wonder how many times, and I know in my own life, how many times I missed out on God's very best and missed out on the answers of prayer because I did not keep praying. I quit. Some of you may be here praying, been praying for uh, 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 weeks about something and have no answer. What should I do? Pray again. Pray again. Some of you may be in praying for months or years about something and don't feel like God has answered. Don't feel like there's a movement in God, and you just uh, you're about ready to give up. You're about ready to quit because God has not moved. What do you do? Keep on praying. Keep on praying. The truth be known, you have prayed so much that you're tired of praying. You're tired of praying. Just keep on praying. Many times in the Bible, the people prayed. They didn't quit. I, I love when Paul prayed. He prayed three times about the thorn in his flesh. I love that he, he wouldn't. He, he says, "I've got something inside of me." He prayed once, and God said, "No." He kept coming back. God said no he kept coming back god said no god told him says my grace is sufficient my grace is sufficient why should we give up on god if god has not given up on us god has never given up on us god wants us to have a prayer life that is full of passion full of fire and have the unction and desire to pray All the time. Not quit. Don't stop even when you don't feel like praying, even when, when you've had that hard day, it seems like the world was all over you that day before you go to bed find that quiet place in your house and get into it and say, Lord here I am again, I, I, the world has wore me out, I don't feel like praying, I don't feel like doing this all I want to lay down my head and go to sleep, but Lord I, I know if I pray to you, you'll fill me up you'll get me excited about things you'll lift me up and you'll encourage me lord i need that fire in my life lord i'm coming to you lord i don't know what to do but lord here i am help me we get like that every day of our lives we carry that kind of prayer and that kind of passion and that kind of purity in our life and we get everything out of our life god will start moving not only in your life but the church life and everybody around us isn't that what you want that's the kind of prayer life I want that when I know, I know who I'm praying to and I get excited about it. I know that when I pray, he's got his ears listening to me. Elijah, when he prayed, he had no doubt in his mind that God was not going to hear him. God is going to answer his prayers. And God answered his prayers. It wouldn't it be great when we started getting answered prayers? Wouldn't it be great that we say, "Well, we prayer request this week, next week, come out." Oh, praise God, He answered that one. Amen. Amen. Wouldn't it be great? First, get a get a checkup of our hearts to see what condition we are in. Where we stand at. Is there something in our lives that should not be there? Because a lot of times you pray, and you pray, and you pray. You're just not getting nothing done. Maybe you ought to ask God, Lord, is there something in my life that I need to get out? Is there something that's been hindering my heart from you? Is God, is God is, is, we talk about Sunday, do you have a king? If the king is in your heart, then every room in your heart should be his and he should be filled with him. But do you have something in your heart that he's not accepting? that's where a lot of us are at that's where a lot of Christians are at they've gotten so complacent about prayer that when they pray you know we pray over a meal amen and we do it real quick because we're hungry we throw it out the Lord help us we need this bless this food bless this food I'm, I'm hungry but you know what you look at prayer life this way you're holding somebody's life In your prayer life. And if you get in too busy. Hurry. Oh Lord they need healing. No no you need to stop that. Because their life. Is in your prayer closet. When's the last time you've been to your prayer closet. And prayed about somebody. And seriously prayed about it shut the door take the world and let it go away and get with your knees and let god say lord you, you look like me sometimes lord here i am i don't know what to say all i know there's a need and there's a lot of needs i just don't know what to say but you know the bible says the spirit will do the only the option of groaning when you don't know what to say we need to get back to that prayer clause. We need, to get, we need to get that passion like Elijah had in our prayer lives. But it's only going to start when God gets into your heart and clears your heart up. Then have that umption. As a, I, I cannot stress this. Who are you praying to? Who are you praying to? and when we realize that when we got that focus in our life on who we are praising praying to oh that'll excite you that ought to excite you because certainly when amazon drives up we all oh yay i know i have been the last three or four times but we ought to be that excited about our prayer life lord here i am help me help my prayer life I want to be like Elijah. I, I want to be on fire like Elijah. I want to have that passion Elijah prayed that when I kneel down, I know who I'm praying to and I know what he can do. And I know, I know it's my life that's not right. It's my life. It's not his. It's my life. And if I can get my life right, I'll tell you what, you and God is all you need in this world. It's all you need.